Welcome back to your Sunday Sideline Exposure. I'm your host, Mitchell Crossan. And you've seen the title. You know we're talking about Joe Burrow and Dwayne Haskins and what went on in that quarterback battle at Ohio State. I feel like a lot of people don't really know what happened. And there there are some things out there that makes me think, okay, I don't think they actually realized what went down at Ohio State. And as a Buckeye fan myself, I know what happened in the quarterback battle. I've been following Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins since Ohio State have been recruiting these guys. So I've known of them for quite some time. This is part one. There's a lot of research here. There's a lot of detail we're going to give you guys. So without further delay, let's go ahead and jump right on in. So our story starts with Joe's father, Jim, who was a football coach himself. And in 2005, his father was hired on as the defensive coordinator at the University of Ohio. And their family stayed here for a while, and Joe attended Athens High School in Ohio from 2011 to 2014. So this is at the point in time where he really solidified his roots in Ohio. As a senior in 2014, Joe was actually awarded Mr. Football and the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Ohio. And Joe was also a standout basketball player, making first-team All-State honors as a point guard. Coming out of high school, he was a four-star recruit and was the eighth-ranked dual-threat quarterback in the class of 2014. He commits to Ohio State, and most people know that his story in Ohio pretty much stops here because he goes on to pretty much do nothing for the Buckeyes, then transfers to LSU and has massive success before becoming Cincinnati's starting quarterback in the NFL. So it's kind of funny how in the big picture, you you start making your name for yourself in Ohio. You have a great run in terms of a high school quarterback in Ohio. You go to Ohio State. You then have a brief stint down south with LSU. Then you're back in Ohio in the NFL as a starting quarterback. Okay, so I guess it was really more than just a brief stint at LSU. I mean, he was their starting quarterback for two years, and that's substantial, especially with what he did there. But the point is people just kind of pass by 2015, 2016, 2017, even 2018 with what Joe Burrow was and what he did. And so we're going to start off with the 2015 season. Joe Burrow comes in. This is his first season with Ohio State, and he takes a redshirt year. He knows he's not going to play. A lot of these guys, especially at the quarterback level, know that they're not going to come in and start as a freshman right away. So then you redshirt, and you just keep that year of eligibility open. And this was especially prevalent with Ohio State because they are the defending national champs after just coming off of winning it all in the 2014 season. And this isn't just a team that has a starting quarterback coming back. They actually have three starting quarterbacks coming back. And for those of you that don't remember, heading into the 2014 season, Braxton Miller was Ohio State's starting quarterback. He was your typical dual-threat quarterback. He could run. He could throw. He was very electric. And essentially, he was Urban Meyer's hand pick. If he could pick anybody to run his offense, it'd be Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller got hurt. He tore his shoulder up in a season-ending injury in fall camp. He was out for the year. And this pretty much thrust JT Barrett, who was a redshirt freshman at the time, into this, the starting quarterback role for the 2014 season. They had a very good year. They only lost one game to Virginia Tech before JT Barrett went down with a broken ankle in the final regular season game of the year against Michigan. So now you bring in Cardinal Jones, who is your third-string quarterback, and he actually finishes out the game against Michigan with a win, a win in the Big Ten Championship game, and then you guys win it all in the first-ever college football playoff. All three of those quarterbacks come back for the 2015 season 
and they all come back healthy. Now, with Braxton Miller, I think he tore his labrum. Point is, he knew that he probably wasn't going to make it in the NFL as a quarterback. He was definitely an athlete, so he decided, you know what, I'm just going to make the switch to wide receiver now. So he came back, and, and we also don't know how healthy his arm was going to be in terms of can you throw a 70-yard bomb anymore. But Braxton came back. He thought, you know what, I'll be a wide receiver. You have JT Barrett coming back, and then you have Cardell Jones coming back. So essentially the quarterback battle for the 2015 season was between, do you go with JT Barrett, the guy who was originally quarterback number two and led you to a really good regular season, or do you go with the former third-string quarterback who stepped in after JT got hurt and led you to a national championship? Point is, Ohio State never really figured that out. They went back and forth between those two guys. They lost to Michigan State late in the regular season of the 2015 season, and so they didn't make the playoff and they weren't able to repeat. But Joe Burrow knew that he wasn't going to play because he's young and because of how stacked that quarterback room was. So after the conclusion of the 2015 season, Cardale Jones says, you know what, I'm going to take my chance in the NFL now. This is as best of a time as it is for me. He leaves. Braxton Miller, although he wasn't a quarterback at the time, he was a wide receiver. This was also his final season collegiately. He left for the NFL. So it's just JT Barrett as the quarterback for 2016 and 2017. He still had a couple more years of eligibility. And he rode that fine line of never really being a good enough quarterback to leave early for the NFL. But he wasn't bad enough to where he was going to necessarily lose his job. So now, heading into the 2017 season, this is starting quarterback JT Barrett's redshirt senior year. So this is it. And at this point in time, Joe Burrow is the backup quarterback. He is QB2. But this next part is something that I don't think a lot of people know that happened. But in fall camp going into the 2017 season, Joe Burrow actually broke his hand. And we found an article written by Letterman Rowe in 2019 where that outlines an interview that Joe Burrow had given. And he said that he still remembered that hit. It pretty much changed the course of his college football future. And apparently this was a broken play, but apparently a linebacker thought that Joe had the ball, went to hit Joe. Joe's hand got caught up in the pads, and then it broke. Um, it sounds like it was like a read option or something like that. They didn't specify what the play was, but Joe said he realized that his hand had broke pretty much immediately. And he was sidelined. He had to undergo surgery, and he missed the start of the season for 2017. He wasn't going to be the starting quarterback, but he's no longer quarterback too. This moved redshirt freshman Dwayne Haskins into the backup role as quarterback number two. Now, at this point in time, there was still going to be a quarterback battle for the 2018 season, whether or not Dwayne or Joe Burrow was quarterback two or quarterback three. But the point is, Joe was the Joe was the backup, and he was essentially the heir to the throne, the quarterback throne for Ohio State, if you will. And you can play the what-if game. What if What if Joe hadn't broken his hand? We can talk more about that later. But we want to give you some more info on Dwayne because I think it's important, especially in this quarterback battle. Dwayne was a product in the class of 2016, four-star prospect out of Maryland, and he was the seventh-ranked pro-style quarterback in that class. And similar to Joe, Dwayne also redshirted in his first year in the 2016 season. Joe and Dwayne have 
different styles. Joe can move a little bit better than Dwayne. Dwayne's mobility is kind of just good enough, but he's your typical stand-in-the-pocket, can-make-every-throw type of passer. Not that Joe can't make every type of throw. Joe is a little bit of a dual threat. I think he was technically listed as a dual threat coming out of high school, but he has better mobility than Dwayne, so you could maybe hit the defense with a read option or something with Joe Burrow when you're not really going to do that with Dwayne Haskins nearly as much. But now with Joe Burrow being sidelined with his injury, Dwayne is now the, the number two option at quarterback, and he's now getting the second team reps while Joe is having surgery and recovering from his injury. And there never seemed to be any cause for concern with any sort of possible long-term effect of Joe's broken hand. But the wrist and the hand have a lot of smaller bones, and it just can be tricky to heal. And so you have to take your time, especially when it's your throwing hand as a quarterback. So now when we look at the 2017 season in itself, the Buckeyes start their second game of the year at home versus Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield. The previous year, Ohio State had gone down to Norman, Oklahoma, and they smashed Oklahoma 45-24 with their quarterback, JT Barrett, throwing for four touchdowns in the first half. JT was never seen as a first-round draft pick or a true NFL quarterback in his time at Ohio State, but he still won really big games for the Buckeyes, and he sure had his moments. This game against Oklahoma on the road in 2016 was one of, I would say, his two best games in terms of throwing the ball. I would say his second game was against Penn State in the 2017 season when he led the Buckeyes to a victory after a huge double-digit fourth-quarter deficit. So if you're Ohio State, you're going into this game at home in the 2017 season versus Oklahoma you're thinking, I mean, JT is your guy. Some people didn't always love JT just because at times he wasn't super accurate and could struggle throwing the ball. But JT is your guy, and JT was Urban Meyer's guy, more importantly. And for those of you that don't remember, Ohio State did lose this game at home to Oklahoma, 31-16. And JT Barrett really did not play well. And the fans and the media after the game were especially critical of not only JT Barrett's performance, but the Ohio State offense and play calling in general. At this point, we're at a transition for Urban Meyer and Ohio State's offense. Now, we spoke about this a little bit more on the Ohio State exposure pod, but essentially to revisit it a little bit, Urban Meyer knew that he needed a change in his offense after getting blown out by Clemson in the college football playoff semifinal to end the 2016 season. They lost 31-0, and honestly, it was a pretty pathetic performance. So after that, they go out and get Ryan Day, a young and upcoming offensive guru who had learned under the likes of Chip Kelly, and he was bringing a new system. He was bringing a new pro-style throwing spread offense to his offense. And at this point in the season against Oklahoma, this is only the second game of the year, so the new system is by no means perfect or fully integrated. But what comes with this system is the quarterback that can throw the ball well. And JT just couldn't really do that. I mean, he had his moments where he was on point. But for the most part, he was a dual threat quarterback. He was a true leader on the field. He could run the ball. He just wasn't super accurate throwing the ball. In this game against Oklahoma, Ohio State, I mean, we read it off. They only put up 16 points. Their offense was nearly one-dimensional in just running the ball with J.K. Dobbins and JT Barrett. It really felt like at times JT left, JT right. 
And ultimately, they got caught by Oklahoma. And look, this was a good Oklahoma team. Baker Mayfield won the Heisman Trophy that year. They went on to make the college football playoff. They did lose in the semifinal to Georgia in overtime. But you knew that this Oklahoma team was going to put up some points on the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes didn't have a crazy stout defense anyways. But you knew that with Lincoln Riley and what he could dial up with his quarterbacks and his offense, they were going to put up points. And Ohio State couldn't put up points themselves. It was probably going to be some sort of a shootout type of game. And Ohio State just couldn't keep up. Now, I couldn't tell you the last time Oklahoma actually had a good defense. They've had good players defensively. But the last time they had a good defense, I really couldn't tell you. And the fact that Ohio State's offense could only muster 16 points, that's pretty sad. And it just shows you the offense still needs a lot of work. The reason why we are harping on this game so much is because after this loss to Oklahoma, the questions surrounding JT Barrett remaining as a starter were still very prevalent. And there was some speculation amongst the fans and media that what if you brought in Dwayne Haskins? What if you brought him in as a starter? And let's just see how the season goes. You can make the argument here that if Joe hadn't gotten hurt, we'd probably be talking about Joe Burrow here. Insert his name instead of Dwayne Haskins. It might not always work that way, but this is where you can start to see how things could have been different if it weren't for Joe Burrow's broken hand. Anyways, in the week following the loss to Oklahoma and in those practices, Dwayne Haskins was actually seen throwing the ball around after practice in front of the media. And this wasn't just your average toss around or extra reps after practice. He was very intended to show the media that pretty much, yeah, I, I can sling the rock and I should be the starting quarterback. Plus, with what Ryan Day was trying to introduce to the offense, Dwayne as a thrower was a much more accurate passer. He seemed to be much better suited for this type of offense that Ohio State was trying to implement. It didn't work for Dwayne, and Ohio State didn't end up making any sort of starting quarterback change. JT remained as a starter, and that lasted up and through the entire season, including the Michigan game. But this game is extremely important in this story between Joe and Dwayne because JT was actually hurt. And this is actually ridiculous. He was actually hurt in the pregame. Now, this is a scenario that I have never seen before, but apparently a cameraman had hit JT Barrett in his knee. JT was just on the sideline throwing some warm-up passes, and he was standing right next to a bench. It's a big-time game. It's a tight space. There are a lot of people on the field. But essentially, this cameraman tried to squeeze by a small opening between this bench and like a wall or something else, and then JT Barrett's knee was right there. As he made his way through this opening with his big-ass camera, he slammed his camera into JT Barrett's knee. And the problem with this is that it re-aggravated a previous knee injury that JT Barrett had been dealing with from earlier in the year. JT Barrett was still good to go, but he just wasn't 100% healthy. Now, athletes are never 100% healthy, especially as the season goes on. But gosh, I mean, you could argue JT may have not been healthy enough to even start that game. But as the game went on in the third quarter, JT Barrett's knee just completely locked up on him and he had no choice but to leave the game. 
So you bring in second-string quarterback Dwayne Haskins, who stepped in and honestly had a great game. He made some really big plays, especially in the clutch, including multiple third-down conversions leading to touchdowns and what came out to be a 31-20 come-from-behind win over Michigan on the road in a hostile environment. Haskins completed 6-7 passes for 94 yards, running for an additional 24 yards. And Dwayne looked like he could have taken over as a starting quarterback right then and there. I mean, what more could you want from your backup quarterback to lead you to a second-half comeback on the road against your main rival? I mean, that stuff just doesn't really happen. But Dwayne Haskins, this was only his second season with the Buckeyes. He was still raw from not playing all year, especially because he wasn't the starting quarterback. As we move forward after this game, JT was good enough and strong enough. He did get some microsurgery on his knee that following week, but he was good enough to start and win the Big Ten Championship game only one week later. But Dwayne Haskins was not needed in the Big Ten Championship game. But again, at this point in the days leading up to this game, this is now the second time when the media is starting to ask honest questions, should Dwayne play over JT? Previously, with the whole Oklahoma thing, that was more of, it just wasn't good. Is Dwayne better? We think he might be. It's at least worth a shot. Now it's not, is Dwayne necessarily better? It's more of, okay, let's have this conversation again because JT Barrett is hurt. Can he play? It's in a championship game. Or do we go with the guy that just won us the game against our main rival on the road? Clearly, he can show us he can play. So it's something to consider. So at this point in the story, the only things we know so far is that it looked like Joe Burrow was the backup. Then he got hurt, so he's no longer quarterback two. Dwayne Haskins is now quarterback two and just put some huge experience on his resume that said, yeah, I can ball out. I can step in when you need me and lead you to a huge win on the road. There's still a lot left to uncover, but that's where we are at at this point in time. Before we conclude part one, I do just want to take this time to run a quick exercise and just look at this battle objectively after the conclusion of the 2017 season. Now it's full steam ahead into spring ball for the 2018 season and essentially this quarterback battle. Even though Dwayne played well against Michigan, this was still an open quarterback competition heading into spring practice. Now, this is an exercise that I like to run myself. And you could just think about it. Imagine you are interviewing Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow as two candidates for a position that you are hiring. And here are the resumes. Dwayne Haskins, two years experience at Ohio State in 2017. He completed 40 passes out of 57 attempts for a 70.2% completion rate, 565 passing yards for four touchdowns and one interception with an overall passer rating of 173.1. He also stepped in as an emergency quarterback in a game against your main rival when you were losing and on the road. He engineered a huge comeback win to essentially keep the season alive. Now we'll go candidate number two, Joe Burrow. Three years experience at Ohio State. In 2016, he went 22 for 28 with a 78.6 completion percentage, threw for 226 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating of 169.9. In 2017, he went 7 for 11 with a 63.6 completion rate for 61 yards, no touchdowns, no picks, and a quarterback rating 
of 110.2. Now, that's a lot of info. We threw out a lot of numbers. But if you're a hiring manager, I think it's pretty clear that if you're just going off of these resumes that we just read off, it's pretty clear to go with Dwayne Haskins. And the main reason is you're not looking at those numbers. It's a very small sample size saying, hey, I threw 50 passes versus I threw 40 or something like that in one season. In this case, the big asterisk and the thing that separates Dwayne Haskins from Joe Burrow is that he stepped in as the emergency quarterback in the game against your main rival. That gives him such a big leg up on Joe Burrow. Okay, so this is going to conclude part one of the Joe Burrow, Dwayne Haskins, Exposure 116 story. Part two will pick right back up the following week, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and then at Silent Expose on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.